It is Nile Boylan. It is the Nile Boylan podcast and show today with you for the next hour or so. Now, we have delved into this particular topic on numerous occasions over the last couple of months. And this is in relation to Ireland's criminal justice, incitement to violence and hatred and hate offences bill 2022. Now, the legislation, of course, was voted in by politicians uh, going back 110 to 14 not so long ago. Some independent politicians were against it. People before profit were against it, but for their own reasons. Now, this bill has created a huge amount of controversy. Both Elon Musk and many other celebrities around the world and very outspoken people with big platforms have said that this particular piece of legislation is Orwellian. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, denies that. She says the new legislation will criminalise any intentional or reckless communication or behaviour. She also went on yesterday during a debate to say that the proposed hate speech legislation is or hate um, crime legislation is not radical, as detractors claim, while stating that she recognises there are different points of view. Speaking during the second stage debate yesterday evening, the minister said that some of the bill doesn't go far enough and others believe it goes too far. She said the government's legislation is to proportionate uh, evidence based and in line with legislation in other countries. She said it is a lesser offence to prepare or possess material such as posters or leaflets which are handed out or intended or likely to cause violence or hatred. Now, of course, we haven't defined the word hatred. And she was asked why they didn't define the word hatred in the legislation, because she said she would leave that up to the courts to decide. And indeed, that would get more prosecutions. So that's why they didn't define the word hatred. I want to know now, before we go any further, people keep quoting the Constitution of Ireland. Let's be clear about it. This is not America. You don't have a right to freedom of speech. And she said that yesterday evening in the debate that you don't have an absolute right to freedom of speech in Ireland. According to the Constitution, you have a right to freedom of expression. Article 10 says freedom of expression. Everyone has the right to freedom of expression. The right shall include freedom to hold opinions and receive and impart information and any ideas without interference by public authority and regardless of frontiers. That leads me to believe this could be challenged in the Supreme Court because to me that sounds very much like freedom of speech. But she says it isn't. So I want to know if you agree with it. Now, the reason, of course, the legislation is being brought in is because NGO groups and those from minorities say that hate speech and hate crimes have gone up by 30%. Now, they use these statistics, but it's very vague because they would suggest that people are being assaulted by reason of hate crimes. Now, let's be clear. If somebody's being assaulted or beaten up on the streets, nobody would condone that behaviour. And it's up to Angarda Shia to use the current legislation of assault to deal with those situations. Or indeed, if somebody incites violence in any way or to suggest that we should beat somebody up or do something to a community. We already have legislation since 1989, Incitement to Hatred Act. So why do we need this particular bill? Well, to talk to me a little more about it, there's one person who objects to the bill, Senator Ronan Mullen, and he joins me on the line. Senator, good evening to you. Or good afternoon. Sir. Good evening to you. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, thanks for having me on your programme, Niall. Senator, the, the debate seems to be very one-sided. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, I endeavoured to get balance today on the show, and I offered an opportunity to many NGO groups uh, who would be representative of the LGBT2 community, which a lot of people are talking about, and also many politicians who have spoken on this and have said that they agree with this legislation, but nobody would provide a spokesperson for me today because I get the impression from anybody I spoke to today within offices that this bill is already over the line and there's no reason for us to defend it. Is that the impression you're getting? Well, yes, it is. You see, that's 
part of the way power is, is wielded in this country. You know, sometimes it can be tactical to keep stum, just as it might be necessary on other times to, to speak up. But when the establishment has its NGOs lined up and when the civil service has done its work and when the politicians have the votes in the Dáil and the Shannad, it can suit them to minimise the discussion about this. And I think it's fair to say that mainstream media has been, you know, has done the minimum amount in terms of having a proper teasing out of the implications of this legislation for the freedoms that we've always taken for granted in a democracy, the core being freedom of expression, perhaps the, the second most uh, basic freedom we have after the, well, what, the, what the is, right to life what is your understa- What is your understanding of a freedom of expression? And by the way, before we go any further in this debate, I would assume you and I and everybody else would condemn anybody who gets involved in hate speech, deliberate hate speech, or incites violence against any community. I'm assuming we all condemn that. But we have to be careful as to how we interpret that, because my opinion may offend somebody, and they might deem that as hate speech, but is that really hate speech? And Helen McEntee is leaving that up to a judge to decide. Yes, it's the vagueness that has become the weapon. Let's just go back a little bit and look what what has happened here. You have a piece of legislation that does different things. In relation to hate crimes, no real problem with that. What it's doing is that if a certain crime is committed, we're already talking about stuff we would always all oppose, but if a, a motivation of hatred towards certain particular groups or what are defined as people who have protected characteristics is involved, then it becomes a more serious crime with a more serious penalty. Is that, is that, you can have is a that debate even fair? About whether that, that, well, you can have a debate about whether that keeps us all equal before the law, but at least you're talking up here about people who are committing crimes that they shouldn't be committed, committing, and you're talking about prosecuting them, which they should certainly be prosecuted. There may be a debate about whether there's a downside to this. The people who argue in favour of making crimes more serious where they're motivated by hatred uh, towards certain uh, groups is that it's that those crimes can have a particular chilling effect on those groups of people who may already feel vulnerable within a community. I, I accept that argument, but I don't think it's the only argument. The argument on the other side is that really it shouldn't make a difference why somebody attacks you or me. It should be ju- it should be the same level of seriousness regardless who is attacked. But let's just park that hate crime aspect of the legislation because it's not the most problematic part of the bill. If if we may, the minister says that that hate crime legislation is necessary to bring us in line with other countries. I'm happy not to spend my time talking about it because the hate crime aspect deals with things which are already crimes. It's the other part of the bill that's really problematic, which is the criminalization of incitement to violence or hatred. Now, again, None of us can have a problem uh, or no reasonable person can have a problem with criminalizing incitement to violence. It's what incitement to hatred means that's at the core of the problem. And this bill, updating incitement to hatred legislation, replaces the incitement to violence or hatred legislation that we have uh, from 1989. They say that they are doing this to take account of the new social media age because it was a different world back in 1989. Fair enough. They say that they're not getting enough prosecutions under that legislation. Well, I'm not so sure about that. If you're not getting enough prosecutions, it might mean that the crimes aren't being committed that should be prosecuted. Or perhaps you have a law that isn't uh, isn't uh, managing to reach wrongdoing that should be prosecuted. Here's the problem. In the old legislation, you were guilty of a criminal offence if you communicated material or displayed material that was intended 
to stir up hatred or was likely to stir up hatred. And the funny thing is, the minister in talking about this new bill still uses that language of stir up to justify it and say this is about targeting extreme forms of hate speech. But extreme isn't mentioned in the bill. Stir up isn't mentioned in the bill. So what she's saying in the bill is that if you communicate or behave in a manner that is likely to stir up, uh, sorry, likely to incite hatred. Uh, uh, if you do it intentionally or if you do she, it recklessly, she, she did then you're an in example. the offence zone. She and the problem give, is yeah, they she, haven't she, defined hatred. So okay, do well, people... Well, well, hang on a second. Who, she gave who, an example yeah. last night of what she yes. was referring to when she said in possession of hatred or hateful material. She said, for example, yes. this would be the case of a person travelling to a rally or a protest with far-right posters. Mind you, I don't know why people can't have far-left posters too, which can be just as offensive. Fair point, yeah. yeah. Expressing uh, inciting, inciting hatred or violence in their car or in their backpack, even if they're not using them, but if they're there with the intention of possibly using them. And this is the same uh, part of the legislation that gives the Garda Sheikhana the right to enter your home, take your devices, if you don't give the PIN numbers, you can go to jail for a year, if they believe or suspect you may be in possession, may be in possession of something that could be considered hatred. I mean... I would imagine that 90% of the population at some point in their life have received an email or a WhatsApp message or a text that they looked at and went, oh, that's not nice. You know, I mean, that could be considered hatred. And we would have no intention of forwarding it on to somebody else who might just swipe it off or delete it or leave it there, whatever. That invariably could become a crime. But the other part, which is also equally concerning, and when we looked at the amendments that were suggested by Aaron O'Reardon, uh, Pa Daly, and uh, Thomas Pringle and Paul Murphy and many others as well, they talk about the word hate to include bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility, and bigotry. These are all emotions. I mean, Rodan, I could turn around to you in the air today and say, I hate you, right? It's not a nice thing to say, I am yeah. hating you, but hate is just an emotion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it to criminalise that you know, is bizarre. I, 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 I believe that what's really bad about this bill, it's, you know, the criminal law is the extreme end of social sanction. There are other ways to sanction bad behavior. First of all, we have our education system where we should try and educate people not to hate others, not to be prejudiced against minorities of any kind, or indeed not to be prejudiced against any person. And of course, the minorities keep changing because in today's society, the people who used to be minorities, you could argue 20 or 30 years ago, are now very much in power. Uh, whereas people who maybe represented establishment points of view uh, 30 years ago would be very much the minority now to the point where they almost dare not say what they believe. So you have a real danger here of a kind of a gang up uh, pylon culture. And this is what's at, at, at the heart of this, because this is a bill by failing to define hatred and against a background of cancel culture that creates a real possibility that people will be targeted uh, for expressing their views robustly, not in a way that's actually setting out or indeed capable of causing other people to hate other people. But you see, we live in a world where you're, you're called a hater very quickly on social media if you express a point of view uh, that other people don't like. And of course, so, 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 so what's wrong with this bill is it criminalizes incitement to hatred without defining hatred. And there's a real risk there. Secondly, 
it does so against a background of cancel culture where there are people out there who are capable of seeking to put pressure on the Gardaí and, for example, to harass people, to initiate prosecutions potentially. And those prosecutions may not necessarily re result in convictions. Maybe some of the defences in the bill, you might be able to invoke them. But the problem is that the process becomes the punishment. You don't, it isn't just about whether you might go to jail for up to five years for saying something. It's the fear you might have of the, having the knock on the door from the Gardaí if you open your mouth in a way that you should be so entitled you, you, to open so your you mouth. I mean, I may not like it when people are rude or crude uh, in the way they express their point of view. But, you know, it's fine for the elites, the, the barristers, the, I dare I say it, the people in politics. You know, we're all kind of trained and we kind of know when to hold them and when to fold them in terms of pushing our point of view. I think this is a bill that's aimed at ordinary folk who maybe, you know, haven't been formally trained in argument and who, you know, sound off, let's say, on social media. And you have this vague law. And I think when you're talking about criminal law, you know, People have a right to certainty in the law. In fact, that has been established in court cases that where you have a criminal sanction capable of depriving people of their liberty, the person is entitled to certainty about what is or isn't a crime. You don't have that certainty when you have the Minister for Justice coming into Shannon Aaron, as she did last night, saying two attorneys generals in, in a row have, have recommended against defining hatred. And the reason seems to be because that would make it more difficult to get prosecutions. Now, that is a perverse and Orwellian way of looking at things. It is that we should be trying to avoid uh, criminalizing people unjustly, and we should only be criminalizing people where they know clearly in advance what is or isn't a crime. We don't have that with this bill, and that's why people need to be making it very hot for their politicians in these days. And I mean in a peaceful uh, and persistent, but in a very determined and focused way, saying this type of legislation is vague, that's not appropriate for the criminal law. That's not appropriate when you are threatening people's natural right to freedom of expression. That's not acceptable in a democracy. And can I just I mean, say, it, well, well, I'm just not before a you say that, yeah. I, I, it kind of reminds me a bit of German Heron's blasphemy laws. And I, mean, I know you're you're quite a religious man yourself, but the blasphemy laws at the time, of course, in a referendum, we decided we didn't want them anymore because they yeah. became a bit of an international embarrassment when Pakistan said they were envious of our blasphemy laws, which were €25,000 fine, I think, in six months in jail or something like that. So essentially what we did was we told the population, should we get rid of these laws that protect a minority? Well, it wasn't a minority, of course. It's a majority of Catholics in, in Ireland. But should we get rid of this law that protects an ideology or a theology? And we said, yes, let's get rid of those laws. We should be able to say what we want. We should be able to, you know, blaspheme God if that's what we feel we should be able to do because that's our opinion. But then we just went and we're now going to replace those blasphemy laws with another set of blasphemy laws, but just protecting different characteristics. Am I thinking, is, is that the wrong way to think of this? No, I think it's right, although I have to put my, up my hand here. And in fact, before you asked me that question, I was about to say that I'm not a free speech absolutist myself uh, because I actually opposed removing that clause from the Constitution. But the reason I opposed removing but it... Is that, him, is that not hypocritical? Is that not a bit hypocritical, but... Well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to take that full on. There's three reasons you could say it's, it's either I was wrong then and I'm right now, or either I was right then or I'm wrong now, or either it's a different case. And I think it's a different case because what you had was a clause that was already there in the Constitution that wasn't causing problems. And it was kind of an educator about the politeness that I think we should be shown towards people of different faiths and none. 
This is a different thing because this is a new measure that is going to change the landscape in Ireland. And it does so against the background of a cancel culture. And not only do you have a vague definition of hatred, not only do you have this happening, as I say, when there's, if you like, social media mobs out there only dying to say that not only are you a hater, but you're acting against the law. And when are the guards going to? Now, you're doing this again in a context as well, where the guard, they already have a practice. And this is on the record that when they are investigating or looking into what they describe as non-crime hate incidents. So let's say people being aggressive towards each other or hateful towards each other, but in a way that's not criminal. I don't dispute the guards have a right to kind of look into these things just, you know, in their role as keepers of the peace. But they are the guard of Shia Khanna, the, the, not the guard of Swinsha. You know, they're not the keepers of our thoughts. And the well, thing well, is, well, at we, the we moment... We did see an example they, of that called three weeks ago when Billboard Chris, who I'm sure you may be familiar precisely with... Precisely that. Yes, absolutely. We, we saw a great we had example. A guard who, who was very polite, but was completely in the wrong. And you had Billboard Chris, who was somewhat rude, but completely in the right. Because the guy that was suggesting to him that if he was had something offensive, and I think what he was saying was something like, um, we shouldn't be doing surgeries uh, or giving no, puberty blockers was, uh, to children. Said, the, the poster said children can't consent to puberty blockers. Well, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and isn't he right? And isn't it a scandal, you know, that there well, are that, young children as a result and I know, of this? By the way, on that note, good news this week, the NHS, of course, have now stopped prescribing uh, puberty blockers to children because of the evidence that they now see, the long-term damage that they could do to children. So they have now blocked it. And I think it's time that Ireland takes a very serious look at yeah. what we're doing in relation to children. But a separate I look forward. I look forward to hearing what our Minister for Education has to say. I look forward to hearing what our Minister for health has to say and I look forward to hearing what our Minister for Children has to say because it's an absolute scandal that as a result of trans ideology there are young girls going around with suture stitches on their chest where their breasts used to be and to think that our society is not unanimous in condemning that assault on children and the ideology that has led to it. it it shows how just how mad things have become in some ways but just back but, to but, the, well hang on just to give that a bit of balance yeah. if you're 18 years of age you can do what you want with yourself and that's fine and everybody accepts well, that's that that's why I, I was referring to young people absolutely, absolutely. but I do think but, but, I, but I hang do on think, getting back to Billboard yeah. Chris because we've gone off in a, in a little bit of a tangent yeah. Billboard Chris yeah. the guard of Shea Connor told him to move from the area and he suggested he didn't say it but suggested he would arrest him if he didn't because he said he was in breach of the Criminal Justice Act Section 17 I think is what he quoted which was completely yeah. incorrect because the European Court of Human Rights gives you the right to offend it gives you the right exactly. to shock now also it was section, where, it was section 7 of seven, the criminal justice like the public order legislation and while it is correct that it, it can be an offence uh, to display material which is threatening uh, abusive or insulting it has to be with an intent to provoke uh, provoke a breach of the peace uh, and uh, or to be reckless about that and clearly that was not in play there so the guard okay. was wrong on the law where do we stand with the United Nations? Because Article 18 of the United Nations obviously says everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion. And the right includes freedom to change his religion belief. Uh, it also says everyone has the right to freedom of opinion expression. And this right includes freedom to hold opinions, which is similar to our freedom of expression. Now, in relation to that, we've had a lot of international attention because Ireland has now become an embarrassment around the world with this piece of legislation and people describing it as Orwellian. 
And we spoke to Michael Schellenberger going back about three weeks ago. And for people who didn't see that interview, I'm just going to play about 40 seconds of it just to remind you what he said when I asked him. And you can have a listen to the question that I asked him. And just bear with me for 30 or 40 seconds. You can just, you know, if I say something or you say something that may be against transgenderism, that may be against people of color, that may be against whatever it happens to be or whatever protected characteristic, that you're encouraging hatred against that community. And they say we have to do something. Do they have to do something? Uh, of course they don't. And, and the desire to want to silence the people around you is pathological. There's something wrong with people that want to silence people that have different views from them, in my view. Speech is not violence, um, except for in extremely narrow circumstances. It's, uh, it's just a personal expression. It doesn't hurt you. And we need to communicate that to people. Okay, I think well. that the the other issue I would just say is that we've seen a significant decline in all forms of prejudice in every Western society. You know, we've seen the number, the percentage of Americans who support interracial marriage has risen from 5% to around 95%. We've allowed same-sex couples to be married and to adopt children. There's never been a period of greater tolerance and of less hatred in any civilization in recorded human history than in the societies today. There's no evidence of any increase of hate incidents. So this is a big lie. As big of a lie as the totalitarians tried to sell people in the mid 20th century, it's as dangerous. And I think we have to speak out against it. We have to have love in our hearts. I think we have to love our fellow humans and our civilization. And that means that let people speak, you know? And the people that want to shut people up and silence people I think we have to acknowledge there's usually something psychopathological about them. Either some sort of a personality disorder, histrionic, you know, sociopathic, something that makes them think that it's their job to silence their fellow citizens. And we need to describe that and call it out for what it is. That's Michael Schellenberger, the author, and also one of the authors of the Twitter files who called out the American government for silencing Twitter and people on Twitter over the last two years under the command of Elon Musk. He's also written many books in relation to freedom of speech. I mean, everything he says there seems to be exactly what you're saying, and but yet we're still in this position. So where are we now? We're now at the second stage debate in the Shannon. Um, people are suggesting this could go through before the summer be signed by the president, maybe uh, after the summer recess in September. Does that look like it's going to happen? I don't know. As you said, it has passed the doll. Legislation, as you know, has to pass both houses. So now it's begun its journey in the Shannon. There's going to be strong opposition, certainly from a minority of us. Um, Senator Michael McDool, Senator Sharon Kogan uh, and I have all, uh, have all spoken. Sharon Kogan will speak again next week as she was uh, in the middle of her speech when, when, when the time allotted for, for yesterday evening's debate expired. Uh, some of the members of Fianna Fáil said positive things, like Senator Lisa Chambers, uh, uh, who who I think gets our concern. You got the impression that the Green Party is wagging the Fine Gael dog a bit on this, to be honest with you. The Fine Gael senators went in and rather blindly defended the legislation. Uh, the, you, the left seemed to be very much on board with this. Where are they? Um, is, is a question people would ask. And of course, one could ask, where are the NGOs? Because even though they said, oh, this bill needs change, they seem to be fully on board with it. And I'd say, you know, who's to know but that some of them are hoping for a bit of money from the state's kitty when it comes to education programmes uh, to uh, uh, you know, promote this legislation and what it means for our society. Can I just say this, though, going back to what Michael Schellenberger had to say? 
We're in cancel culture zone. And what that means is, whereas once upon a time, universities promoted people challenging each other's ideas. We saw democracy being about hearing what other people have to say. Woke and cancel culture is about the opposite. It is about crushing the opposition. It is Marxism in a new form. And that's why it's often called cultural Marxism. It's where basically you identify who's in the wrong and you absolutely seek to disappear them uh, from public debate. When it comes to freedom of expression, as I said, I'm not a freedom of expression absolutist. Let's look at what our constitution guarantees. It guarantees freedom of expression subject to public order and morality. So we all agree shouting fire in a theatre is wrong. We all agree that persistent, uh, ugly expression of hostility to particular groups of people in a way that might lead to violence towards them is something that could attract the criminal law. And we we also agree that defamation defamation is not acceptable. You have to define the law very carefully or you will undermine democracy. Well, I I think it comes down to freedom of speech is absolute provided you take responsibility for what you say. In other words, if you defame somebody, you're going to pay for it. Well, that's a very good point, Michael. But thank you for the service you're doing by by surfacing these issues. You see, I said earlier, the criminal law is at the extreme end. There is a possibility of educating people. There is a possibility of civil law where people can sue each other. That falls short of depriving other people of their liberty. And of course, there's regulatory possibilities where the internet can be responsible for what it puts up or doesn't put up. I'm not saying it should be a free for all. But when you use the criminal law or the threat of it, and that's what's going on here because of the vagueness of the law to put the silencers on people, that's when you need people actively protesting. And that's why I'm encouraging people to be getting on to their government TDs and senators and saying this must change. We don't have the votes on the Shannon to do a head count. Having said that, Michael McDowell, Sharon Kogan and myself will be tabling lots and lots of amendments and the government are are hinting to us that they're not going to they're not going to guillotine it. It's very important that they wouldn't. So it's going to have a testing debate in the Shannon. There isn't that much time but, but, left. But hang on, term. but hang on, you're saying they're not going to guillotine it. But Ben Ben uh, Scallon from Grip Media only spoke to the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar going back two weeks ago or three weeks ago when he said to him that 70% of the public submissions of the public were asked to submit their feelings on it. 70% had disagreed with the legislation. And his answer to that was, ah, but we don't listen to that anyway. So in other words, you're saying they're not going to guillotine it, but then again, you know, they're not even listening to the general public. I mean, for, for Helen McEntee to say last night that she felt it was getting support both in society and in the political arenas, I don't believe that because many yeah, politicians well, I've spoken to both here and on the radio have said they haven't even read the legislation. They voted for it. 110 of them yeah. voted for it last time around. And I guarantee you, and as I spoke to Pater Tobin from uh, Aintu as well, and he said the same thing, he guarantees that at least 50% of them don't even know what the legislation is and haven't even read it. Well, that's probably true most of the time with most legislation, uh, I, I'd have to say. I mean, that's the way our political system works. Some people choose to focus on some issues and then on other issues, they take no interest at all. However, I, I think what could be different about the Shannon dynamic is that that we have extensive amendments prepared and we are prepared to talk about this. We are prepared and we are active in social media and other media where possible, drawing um, drawing people's attention Uh, to the dangers to our democracy here. And I still think that if people lobby their politicians hard enough, you know what, the minister referred several times yesterday to stakeholders. And again, it's what happens so often. We we, we know who they are. They want to listen to and then they claim that they have 
you know, we, know, we all know we, we know who the stakeholders are, all the NGOs, the, the paid NGOs in this country, which have cost the country billions. But we know who they are. And, and, but, and don't get me wrong, it's not an awful lot of people, but they make an awful lot of noise. Uh, listen, Ronan, I know you're kind of stuck for time, and I appreciate you. I'm just asking you. somebody to take a phone call there in case people think, think I'm doing some dad <laughs> dancing or something. I, it's just the phone is ringing. I didn't, in the I didn't know what you're up to. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't know what you're up to. I thought there was something wrong. Anyway, <laughs> listen, Roland, I really appreciate you. And by the way, I, a lot of people listening and who listen to our show or watch our show on a regular basis also appreciate the fact that you're standing up yourself and Sharon and Michael McTool and a few others as well, Powder Toby and we've had on the show as well, are standing up to this. And you are right. The media tend not to cover this legislation or tend not to cover the debate. And I have no idea why. I've covered it on numerous occasions over the last couple of months and, and will continue to do so. And I would say that we shouldn't accept even a watered down version of it because if the minister comes back and says, well, let's define the word hatred as being somebody that offends another person. I mean, we couldn't even accept that because we should be... We should be entitled. We shouldn't offend people, by the way. But we should be entitled to offend people because to get to the truth, you always have to offend somebody. Yeah, and maybe in our, if we get another a future discussion, what we haven't even touched on is the widening of the list of protected characteristics and this massively crazy, radical new definition of gender, which points really, it really suggests to me that's where it's all coming from. Well, it's because we're right in the middle of the culture wars mm. there, and it's exactly the place where people are going to be targeting other people and saying, you shouldn't be allowed to say that. So we might talk about that some other time if you get time. On a final note, just in relation to gender, yesterday I seen Hopkins University, which is a very renowned university, because all this comes from the universities in America, as we all well know, and they now have redefined the word woman. Um, in their own de- description, I'm just doing it from memory here, a man or a gay man is a male who has a sexual orientation towards male, but a lesbian is a non-man. So work that one out. A lesbian is not oh, even a woman anymore. A lesbian is now officially a non-man. So they won't even use the word woman, which it, it, to me yeah. is for women who have fought for the rights for over a hundred, well, when yeah. they got the right yeah. to vote over 105 or 10 years ago, I think it's quite despicable. And I think the women of the world need to stand up and fight against this because we're slowly but surely eroding women. That's what we're yes, doing. Yes, we had a great presentation yesterday from Dr. Helen Joyce, um, author of uh, Trans, Where Ideology Meets Reality. And oh, I, I think a lot of the politicians who heard her were very impressed. And hopefully people will you know, get out there, read her book as well. And But I would stress, people, please contact your politicians about this. It's really important. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Senator Ronan Mullins. Thank you for coming on the air and talking to us. Uh, there you go, Senator Ronan Mullins, and well done to him and well done to many of the other politicians, by the way, who are objecting to this bill on the grounds that it goes way too far. Uh, and I want to know what your thoughts on this today are. You can contact us at any stage if you want to. Uh, the number to WhatsApp is 85 100 That's 85 100 if you want to get involved. Uh, just on that note, by the way, he mentioned there a few minutes ago, gender ideology. That seems to be the main reason why this bill is being pushed. It is to do with gender ideology. It seems to have all come from that. And those are the people generally who are supporting it. Uh, And by the way, I have no problem if you want to identify as whatever you want to identify as you fire away and do that at any point in your life. Once you're over 18 years of age, I'm quite happy to respect that. If you're under 18 years of age, I think your guardians and your parents have to make a decision as to what they want to do in relation to it. Let me first of all go to Billy. Uh, If I can, Billy, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boiling Podcast. Oh, sorry, Billy, are you there? Oh, I think I might have to reset these phones. James, how are you doing? Okay. We just have to reset. I'll I'll get Billy, James, and Angela back in a second as as soon as I just reset that there. I do apologize. So I want to get your thoughts on this today. 085 100 
5255. That's 085 100 5255. Essentially, the, the most worrying part of the bill is that we haven't defined it. And as you heard Senator Ron Mullins mentioned, we have a right, an absolute right, to have the bill defined. Because if you don't understand why you're being prosecuted or why the guards are in your house searching your computer, your phone, well, then you're in big trouble. And according to the bill, by the way, page six, there was an amendment by Pa Daly and Martin Kenny, and they wanted this amendment that hate would include, or does include, bias, prejudice, contempt, and hostility, and bigotry. That's all very vague. Right, let me get back to Billy if I can. Billy, how are you doing? Sorry about that. I do apologize. Hey, and I have technical difficulties. No worries. Um, I'm, I'm actually have, have the have the act open on screen here now. I was looking through it because I was like, I may as well understand what's been put up. And, you know, it doesn't read as bad as it's been made out. Okay. In what sense? Well, what what, what, what parts do you have when you listen to commentary, uh, for example, this show? Or? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not listening to commentary now because, you know, I, there's a lot of commentary going on about this. I would, I would question, you said, I was listening to you earlier on, you said 70% of people had, had, had written in. Okay. This is in relation to public submissions, yes. Oh, oh sorry, I do apologise. Curious, sorry. out of yeah. that 70%, how many of them have actually read, read the Act and, and gone through sections 3 and 4, or sorry, 2, two 3 and 4 of the Act, the only thing that I really have a massive, massive issue with is in part two of the act now, where it, it talks about you know accessing people's personal devices. Um, I, I do have a I do that. Have a that okay, issue. that is on the grounds that a member of Angarda Shea suspects you might be in possession of hateful material. Exactly, and and, and dissemination of, of hateful material. Like there, I, that's I, I even if you don't even intend to use it. By the way, you just might be in yeah, possession. Yeah, if, it. if it's if it's just if it's just there, I think I think that is that is quite Orwellian in its in its. But in, but in, the in word haste. But but here's the thing: they they use the word haste throughout the bill and act, obviously, right? And the problem is, what is the word haste? So who decides? They, they also they also kind of define some of the stuff around it now, like genocide, denial, and and things like that that they want to make illegal now, which have been illegal in countries like Germany and Austria since the the 1940s. I mean, I'm looking here. Um, Hatred means, and this is according to the bill and the and the amendments that were suggested by Aaron Redden, Pa Daly, uh, Thomas Pringle, Paul Murphy. Anyway. They say hatred means a state of mind characterized as intense or irrational emotions um, or dissension against a person or a group of persons in the state or elsewhere on account of their membership or presumed membership of a group defined by reference to protected characteristics or any one of those characteristics. That could mean essentially anybody. Right, so in other words, let's say for example, Billy, um, you were a trans person and you were online and I'm debating with you online in relation to trans issues. And for whatever reason, I just decided to say... I don't believe you're a woman. I think you're a man. As far as I'm concerned, you'll always be a man. Now, that yeah. would offend you as a trans person. I would expect it would offend you as a trans person. Yeah, yes. But, 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 as, but And you might not, deem that as hatred, but is it hatred? But you're not, in, you're not inciting hatred. It says it there, the act is to amend the law use the uh, uh, prohibition... But, but, but if I'm a public... But if I'm, but if I'm a person with a platform of, say, 70 or 80,000 people... And, well, and I'm saying something like that publicly, it could be construed as encouraging others to have the same opinion. Yeah, but you're concerned for an opinion now. You're not concerning them well, to hate. I, I think this is where the problem is with the legislation. It's too vague. There is, there is, there, yeah, I would agree with you. There is, there, is a, there is an element of vagueness in it. And I, I would say that, you know, if this comes to constitutional challenge or if it goes to court, that vagueness will... will mean that a lot of people who may be brought up on I don't to be honest with you, I don't know if a lot of people would be brought up on this because of the vagueness of it. I mean we I, do I we, we do contrary to popular belief we don't have a right to freedom of speech in Ireland. This is not America no, no, the no, first you, amendment. But you have Article ten gives the right to freedom of expression. 
Which, exactly. Well, and, well, and, I, and by the way, Billy, I'm struggling to see the difference of freedom of expression and freedom of speech because it says in Freedom of Expression, Article 10, everyone has the right to freedom of expression. This right shall include the freedom to hold opinions and receive and impart information, which is talking, and ideas without interference from any public authority, regardless of frontiers. So th- to me, that's more or less the same as freedom of speech. Yeah, but with, with freedom of speech, now, there's a responsibility to use your freedom of speech or your freedom of expression in a responsible manner. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you're not like, so you, you have a platform now, obviously, on, on the podcast, on the radio. You don't set out to offend people. It's not in your nature to do so. so but, you, but a lot you, of the stuff I say may offend people. It may offend people, but it's your opinion. You're not setting out to... But, that's, you're, you're, but isn't like that what I'm talking... Isn't that the vagueness of the legislation that I'm exactly, not setting out to upset a whole community, but some of the stuff I say may upset a whole community. But, but that's, that, that's my point, Niall. I, I, I think you, you know, for you to be found guilty under this, there would have to be clear demonstrable evidence that you set out purposely to incite hatred against the I, I think what Ronan that's makes is a good fact. point, Billy. Ronan Mullins makes a very good point that although they may not get any many prosecutions in relation to this because it is so vague and it's up to a judge mm-hmm. to interpret. And, of course, it could be challenged in the Supreme Court, as you know yourself. So uh, although they may not get many prosecutions, the, the threat of the guards coming to your house and taking your laptop, taking your mobile phone, or whatever it is that you have exactly. or posted, and, and, and will be enough to, year, but will be enough to silence people. not giving your passwords. Yeah, well, okay, but that could be enough in itself to have people withdraw from conversation, withdraw from robust debate, withdraw, withdraw from, you know, having an opinion because they fear, the very fear of the idea of you losing your job because you could if you ended up in a prosecution. And, and, and Niall, it, 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 is, it is very rare that you'll hear me agree with, with Ronan Mullins on, on things, but that is something that I would agree with. And it's, as I said to you at the start of the conversation, it's one of the parts of that legislation that I have the biggest issue with. Um, you know, but that's the punishable part. I would be more, you know, if I don't want to give my, my password or my access details to a member of Angarda Shiakana, um, I could end up I mean, in joy for a year. And yeah, I think the, 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 the minister gave an example. She, she gave an example last night, the Minister of Justice, who's not, by the way, she, she's gung ho on this. She said, as far as she's concerned, there's public support. I don't believe there's public support for this legislation. No, anyway. I, I, think, I, think, I think the elements of the, of the legislation are correct. There's not public support. Other elements, Maybe. I, absolutely. Said, if, if, people, if people read it. But okay. one, of the, one of the most dangerous things, I think, Niall, in, in, of her reference is if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to fear. And I think that's wrong. That is a breach of people's privacy. And that, that is, I, I, I would say, that is the biggest thing. I mean, here's you know. the thing, right? She gave an example. She said, um, in relation to what we were talking about earlier on, about the Garda Shikana, you know, uh, seizing stuff and what have you. Anyway, she said, this would be in the case of, for example, a person maybe travelling to a rally with far-right posters. Now, there's, there's this kind of the far-right or the enemy of the estate at the moment. The far-left are not the enemy of the estate, and they could be equally as bad. We all know what Antifa can be like, right? So far-right posters expressly inciting hatred or violence in their car or in their backpack. So even if they're not using them, if I had a poster in the back of my car, you know, with LGBT down or whatever it is, I don't know, or I don't like refugees mm-hmm. or whatever it is, I could be arrested just for having that. Well, I've I've seen videos of of protests in the in the U.S. I think it was the the women's rally that was in in Washington there with uh, a poster for "Kill All Men." Mm. That, that well, is, you won't get arrested that, for that, America, because you're freedom. But, you're you're entitled to the First but, Amendment. But if 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 a similar poster was brought out here, that is incitement to violence against. Uh, That's already covered under the current legislation of the Public Order Act, by the way. 
it 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 is, but in in this just taking this new legislation as as an example, that that is, I would say that that is a, a far left ideology, a far left feminist ideology, mm-hmm. um, and you know that yep. that is inciting it by the definition of the. Well, the, the minister didn't mention there. that. She just mentioned far right. Far right are always the enemy. Well, well, actually, hang on, stay there a second because I want to go to Andrew, Tony, and James as well. James, how you doing? You're on the Nile Boylan podcast. Afternoon, T. Noel. Afternoon, James. You, you've heard what Billy says. He doesn't have much of an issue with it, but the party does have an issue with it as the guards you know, going into your house. Of course, they'd have to get an order from the court if they suspect you have material. Yeah, well, look, as you did say to Ronan Mullins, and going back to mention Billboard, Chris, when that guard did stop Chris on Graven Street, the guard didn't know the law. He was quoting laws, and, like, you know, what is to stop this, uh, you know, being abused by guardies stopping you saying, this? I want to see what's in your mobile phone. I think you have something on there. Somebody might find offensive. Now, the quote Karen they, Douglas they the only time I will the only time I will give my phone over to a guard and the only time he will take it from me, the quote Karen Douglas, is when he pries it out of my cold dead hand. You know, I would you know if the guard well, well, then you'll go to jail door, for a year according to the legislation. That's by the way. fine. I'm willing to do it now. If the guardy come knocking to my door and say just sorry, Billy, if the guardy come knocking to my door and say that I posted something offensive now I consider myself quite moderate now. I'm in the middle of it, I think. Some things I'm quite conservative on, some things I'm quite liberal on. You know, you would know by my press comments what I would be quite conservative on, like this whole transgenderism, SH1T and all that rubbish. You know, that in would probably, view. like, as, as you, uh, in my view, and as you have said, if you were debating that with somebody and they don't like the way, and if you're basically wiping to the floor with them on the debate, and they suddenly turn around and say, you know what, I'm actually offended now. I've lost this debate. It was quite civil. I've now lost this debate. You know what? I find this now offensive. Niall Boyland, you're a transphobe, and I'm now reporting you under this legislation. So what happens then is the Gardaí get involved. You and then as, as and, and, and the Gardaí, by the way, have to be seen to investigate it because it now will be legislation. So they have to be seen yeah. to be investigating. In other words, if one person believes they're offended and you're inciting hatred against their community uh, by the words you've said, well, then the guards must investigate that because it's now it will be like, part of legislation. Like, just for the example, Niall, if I turned around and said I don't like certain ethnic minority, that's hatred, that's racism, that's clear hatred and racism, that's clear. If I turn around and I post that, or I say that to somebody, I don't like you because you're a member of a certain ethnic minority, that's hatred, and I should be prosecuted for saying that. If I say to somebody, I don't like you because of your colour, or like you because of, you know, whatever, of your sexuality... I would ha- I would hate to think racist. the legislation would be used in that fashion. I, w- I would like to think the legislation, the purpose of the legislation is only if you incite violence against people. Like, you know, but what's to say inside violence? Like, you know, what, what, so what happens? Just say, I, I just hypothetically now, I say to a black person, I or don't like you because you're black. Okay, it's like hatred, right. yes, sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. And he pushes me and I pushes him back. I push him back and a, a row breaks out. We go to court and the judge will say, well, why did this happen? Well, Your Honor, I said I didn't like a black person. He pushed me and I hit him back. I get pro- probably end up getting prosecuted because I would be deemed to have started that that my comments would have deemed to have offended him to the extreme where he had to push me and I had to defend myself and then we're into a whole other legal mm. mindset. Like, this, this well, I know. Well, that, that's the part in relation to the criminality of incitement of violence. And, and Sorry, just to go back to Billy very quickly before I let you go, Billy. I don't have an issue with the incitement to violence, right? And we've already got the Act from 1989, which which is the Incitement to Violence Act. But when mm-hmm. we start doing incitement to hatred... That's when we have to be careful because, as James there mentioned, you know, he talked about racism, for example, uh, or hatred against a community. I don't agree with James's comments. James doesn't agree with his own comment. He's given an example. But, for example, if somebody did say that, 
that could be perceived as inciting hatred against a community or an ethnic minority. It, it could it could be Niall. But you shouldn't go to jail for it. No, but Niall, as I said to you earlier on, there's other elements of this bill. and I'm, I'm No, 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 stay, no, 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 please stick to this element of it. This element of it is inciting hatred. You shouldn't yeah, go I'm, to jail. You should never go to jail for hating somebody. I'm sticking to the element of, of inciting hatred, um, and I'll, I'll just use the example from the bill in regards to Holocaust denial, where, you know, denying that the Holocaust happened is technically an incitement to hatred against Jewish people, and it has been used widely. And this act, this bill, is now bringing in legislation into the Irish statute book that has never been there before that criminalises Holocaust denial. So it's, it's a case that's there. In the case that James mentioned, that if, if, he, if he said to someone of African descent that he didn't like black people. Like, I would see that as, James, you're, you're entitled to have your opinion if the person was offended by it and felt that they needed to push you and attack you because of that, that's on them. And I would, I would hope that a judge would have, the, would have the wherewithal to see that, you know, you said mm. something that, that, you know, you said something that was, you know, maybe, maybe a, a, a not a popular opinion with the person. That person should be able to say, okay, James, I'm going to walk away now instead of resorting to violence. But that person, you know, w- would have would have engaged first, and they should be done for inciting for inciting violence against you. Okay, well, hang, hang on a second, because you can take one there if you want. Uh, I just want to go to Angela as well. Angela, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boiling podcast. Sorry, Angela, um, go ahead. My... My opinion on this is um, like that. What's the what they say in the public? You know how much percentage of the public are with this? Like, I well, well, well. According to the public, were asked to send in public submissions uh, when they first produced the bill, and seventy percent or over seventy percent of the public submissions disagreed with the legislation. Yeah, uh, I wasn't asked. Were you asked? No. Well, well, it, 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 well. Pub, when when they produce legislation. Well, you're, yeah. unless you know this, I suppose. Uh, maybe we should tell people a bit more often. When legislation is produced, it goes up online. And as a member, a citizen of the country, a member of the public, you're entitled to make a submission. It's like it's like when but somebody puts planning permission up online. You're entitled to make yeah. a submission or an objection. That's the law. But there, if nobody knows about it, then how the hell can we vote? And it's, it's ridiculous. Like Now, come here. The way I look at it, Nile is I don't have anything to hide, right? And even during COVID, when they were saying that the vaccines were microchipping people, if you know, if they're that sad that they want to follow my life with them. <laughs> but there are people out there who are extremely private, you know, and they certainly don't want guards arriving in, going, give us your phone or, you know, um, going through everything saying we, we suspect you of having this. No, it's it's not right. And like it is, it is basically taking away your freedom of speech unless you are out there going, I don't like this person or this group. Let's go and kill them all. You know, that you that's know. clearly incitement to violence. But by the way, that's already covered in legislation. You, yeah. it's covered under the Criminal Justice Act. It's also covered under the Incitement to Violence Act, nineteen eighty nine. That's already covered. Yeah. All of that is covered already. But the, so all they're doing is like updating it for well, uh, well, media. well, it's updating like, it to, 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 to focus on a new world. And not only that, they also want to introduce not only incitement to violence but incitement to hatred. Now, incitement to hatred in some form is already there too. But you know who yeah. defines the problem now with the legislation is, and the minister for justice refuses to define the word hate. 
and that that's it like what they're they're not going into specifics they're not explaining it properly that like i could turn around i i love rugby but i hate leinster well, if Leinster make a complaint to the guard of Shea and say that Angela has 100,000 followers online and she turned around and she said she hates people from Leinster or hates rugby players from Leinster, uh, they yes, could. Yes. I'm not saying they but would they have they a case, it might be a bit silly, but, but in saying that, yes. that's the problem with the legislation that you, but here's the thing, you might have a fear, and this is the point Rona Mullins is saying, whether people are being prosecuted or not, you may have a fear of expressing that view. And I would, because I like expressing that view. <laughs> do you, you hate? Know? So you do hate Leinster. <laughs> I really do hate Leinster. <laughs> now, not when they do with our, But the thing is, right? Um, I, I really do, and I I'm very vocal in that. That no, I don't like them. But I never will, and never went. So now, I, do I have to say no comment? You, you, you no could comment. just say I don't particularly like them on a professional basis. Niall, can yeah, I come yes, back I, I know. I, you know what, James? It's a daft analogy, but I get the point Angela's making. No, Niall, it's not, because yeah. you know why? Niall, I'm a, I'm a Leinster a season ticket holder. Oh, I'm no. extremely offended <laughs> by what she has said. Straight and down I'm to the Garda station with you. Crime. Yeah. See, see what I mean, Niall? You see how easy I just turned around on Angela? I, I don't like rugby at all. But you see how easy I just turned? I, I could simply walk yeah. into a Garda station and say, a woman was on the radio saying she didn't like Leinster rugby. She said she hated it, actually, not didn't like it. Yeah. Well, oh, even, okay. yeah. Yeah. And I'm a season ticket holder. I pay my two or three hundred euros a year. I'm 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 deeply offended by that and I want to lodge it. And if this law is passed now, that means the guard you have to go and get on to Angela. Angela, how you doing? This is Garda, such and such. We've had a complaint. Could also Niall, could you imagine the Garda with the resources and time that's gonna be wasted? As as I said earlier, if I turn around and say to somebody, I don't like you because you're African or a member of a certain ethnic minority, whatever, that's racism, that's hatred, and that's on me. But if I want to turn around yeah. and you know, have a simple conversation with, with people. And I'm sorry, like, there's plenty of stuff people, Niall, that people say to me I don't like. I don't take offence. I, 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 but I, I don't disagree with you. By the way, all of those things that you said earlier on, you shouldn't say, right? Because they are hated. But I don't believe it should be illegal for you to say it. Well, no, I mean, not, you, no. you will be condemned by society. You go publicly and say those things, you'll be called a racist. And rightly so. And rightly so. And rightly so. But, did you, but you shouldn't go to jail for it unless you're encouraging others to, to be violent towards those communities. Um, you can take two if you want to there. Let me just stay there a second. Let me go to Tony as well. Tony, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boiling Podcast. Okay, no, yourself, you're having a nice day. Right, well, I'm having a good day, Tony. Are you having a good It's very warm today, Tony, can I just say? It's lovely today. There's you're no air conditioning here in this studio, and I have to say, oh, I'm God starting to melt. God help you, out to you. God so, help you. We get a few days of decent weather, and I'm typical Irish. Yeah. Oh, I'm not able for this weather. I'll have to buy a new air conditioning yeah, unit. But go on, Tony. Right, like, I just have a simple question. Like, as the government is saying that it's, uh, the hate speech is not being defined, and if they call me, you, or, or any other Irish person, uh, but just like a far-right racist, is that hate speech? Uh, because as far as I'm concerned, it is, especially when it's not true. But, but she actually said it last night, and this is the part that irks me a little bit. She gave The Minister for Justice gave an example last night, and she chose to give an example of a person travelling to, uh, to a rally with a far-right poster. Right. You know, and if somebody yeah, gave an example, you can have far-left posters too. Yeah, but just like when you asked this for the defiant far right, I mean, we had a T-shirt coming out earlier on in the year, and there was ladies with their prams with their children on a protest. He just said, oh, they're all far right racists. 
See, here's the thing, right? That's hate speech as okay. far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, it is. Yeah, yeah. someone going out to walk. Here's the thing. If you want to go, if you want to go to a protest, say for example uh, the current crisis, the refugee crisis, right? And yeah. you want to go to a protest with a big poster saying "refugees out." I don't agree with you. I think it's wrong. But right. knock yourself out if that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do, and hopefully nobody will go near yeah, you. But but but, but it shouldn't be illegal. But it shouldn't be illegal for you to do that. People on entrance into our country. No, you, it shouldn't be illegal to express an opinion. You may be wrong about your opinion, but it shouldn't be illegal to express it. And, no, that, and that's what they're doing. Illegal. Anything. It's going to be like the Stasi. Like the guard are going to be like the Stasi, because you can misinterpret anything into hate speech. Well, that's Almost why. Well, that's why it's not being defined. You can have two people with a conversation. You can have two people having a perfectly civil conversation, and if that can be deciphered in, and someone can turn around and say, "Well, that's hate speech," because I find that offensive. And there's people now who wake up every morning, mm-hmm. and they're always offended at everything. Yeah, no. These people are offended. Oh, there are, there are, there are the perpetually offended out there. Like yes, they wake up to be offended. Some blue-haired one with a bone through their nose or something, <laughs> and a pissed off with life. Has no kids. There's nothing going for them. I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to find something to be offended about. All right, well, hang on. Let me go to Norman. I've loads of people who want to get out of this. I just, I've never seen so many texts and WhatsApps. Keep WhatsApping, by the way. Oh eight five. Uh, 100 That's 085 Paul and Karen, I'll be with you in a second. Norman, how are you doing? Hello, Niall. Grace and yourself. Thanks very much indeed for joining us, Norman. Uh, Norman, this legislation, no are, you, are you familiar with the legislation? Have you looked at it or have you been listening to stuff about it? I've been listening to stuff about it and, uh, strangely enough, on Twitter, <clears throat> which uh, can be an area of where you get commentized by something. Of course, and, yeah. And, Misinformation, etc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or I get abusive comments because, you know, mm. say something about COVID or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's part of the deal, you know, that, you know, you sugar it off. It's, 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 people get excited and say things they really shouldn't. But I don't want them arrested. No, I, well, here's the thing, Norman. I much prefer to talk to people I disagree with. Do you, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> exactly. A robust debate and robust yeah. challenges are great. They're entertaining, apart from anything else by times, but they get to the bottom of everything. You know, if we have a situation where everybody's just agreeing with each other because we're all afraid to say anything in case we get, you know, arrested for it, I mean, it's going to be a pretty yeah. sad world, isn't it? That's very boring. Mm. That's very yeah, and I'm sure there are opinions of yours, by the way, that other people may deem offensive. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, but I, I'm assuming, by the way, we all, and we all have to agree, nobody is condoning, yeah. you know, incitement to violence or no. inciting, inciting people to be hateful. No, 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 of course not. Yeah. But, but I, I used to live in Holland. This is very, one thing I learned, it, it's a very tall country, and you can see the benefits. I would speak for people from the left or right. They would see me as left, and I'd speak for quite conservative people or right-wing people. And like we said, we had robust discussions. At the end of the day, we shook hands, and hopefully both parties were enlightened, you know. Mm-hmm. I had a, what do you call it, Jehovah Witnesses knocking on my door. I invited them in. Do you want a cup of tea or a glass of water or something? And they'd sit down. I'm, I don't believe in God now. But uh, we'd have a, a, a good discussion, and they'd just go into things about the Bible. I thought, oh, I didn't know that. Or that's yeah. interesting. But at the end of the day, you know, we respected each other, you know. I, th- well, that's what it's all other. about, isn't it? Respect. Yeah. Yeah. And respecting each other's opinions, even though they may offend, because, you know, as we've always said in the past, you know, to get to the truth, you have to offend people sometimes. 
you know, in you pursuit do. of the you truth, as they say. Okay, well, sorry, your, no, your line is just a little bit low for me there, but thanks very much indeed, Norman. I appreciate you coming on the air. Let me just talk to Paul Travaux, if I can as well. Uh, the restaurateur, celebrity chef and restaurateur. Paul, how are you? Oh, my God, what an intro. How yeah, you, there man? you go. There you go. This is the first celebrity <laughs> I've had on the show. I mean, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so, Paul, I, but I, I noticed your tweet last night. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about that later on as well, but I noticed your tweet last night. You were very angry. Yeah, very angry. And this is probably just another example we, we keep irrelevant at the moment. The, I, the biggest red flag for me is that, I mean, I, I come from a time, I don't know if you remember, it was a few years ago, a little thing called COVID, and uh, where you weren't allowed question, you weren't allowed to ask, and if you stood up and, and you know, tried you to were make fired. sense of what... The, yeah, exactly. You were fired or you were, you know, thrown into whatever label that you wanted to be called. And, and here we go again where, you know, if you turn around and say, listen, you know, I, I'm being respectful, but I'm also just trying to point out a few problems that I see here. All of a sudden, no, shut up, can't ask questions. And you're in that bucket over there with the mad people. And I mean, I was listening to Ronan earlier on, and in fairness, I wouldn't agree much with what Ronan has to say, but he's spot on again. And, and he really has highlighted Obviously, the big red flag is that it doesn't define hate. And obviously, for me personally as well, it's this whole gender ideology, which means it's basically on the gender that the person prefers. Now, I can identify as an elephant if I want, but it doesn't mean I can grow a trunk. But it also means, on the flip side of this, is I can put a dress, if I'm so minded like this, I can put on a dress, slap on some lipstick, identify myself as a woman, and demand to walk into women's change rooms, women's toilets, and you saw my stance on that a few weeks ago. And and if anybody posts... Anything on Twitter to the contrary, you could res- you could yeah. refer to that as being hateful to a community. Ab- absolutely. Now, yeah. the government are coming out and they're saying, look, there's no way that's extreme. There's no way that's going to happen. Two weeks of flat. I, I, no that's, way that's, that's absolute nonsense because that will happen. Because we've it, seen it, it happen. Exactly. We've seen it happen already before the legislation even came in. And the classic example, as I said already, was Billboard Chris, who was over in Ireland tour going back three weeks ago, where 100%. a guard tried to use the legislation to suggest he was offending people and even told him under the legislation he had to move from the area, which was completely incorrect. Correct. 100%. Now, if that, now, you can imagine if that guard ha- was tooled with the, le- with the new legislation, should he be arresting him? Yeah, exactly. But, he, but here, here's the point. It's as if they just think, I mean, I think politicians, and I hope some of them are listening, I think politicians think that they have the power. I don't think they realize that's well, probably do. their biggest fear. Well, well they have the and power. Well, they, I mean, look at what's going on in this country at the moment. Politicians are ignoring the people. You've got exactly. numerous, numerous examples of it. Only two weeks ago, Red Sea Poll agree- said 76% of people agreed with the statement we've led in too many refugees into Ireland, right? Whether yeah. you believe that or believe it or don't believe it, it's irrelevant. But that's what 76% of people said. The politicians don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Ignore them. 70, yeah. Over yeah. 70% of public submissions in relation to this legislation said they didn't agree with it. doesn't matter. The minister yeah. said last night she believes the support for it. Yeah. So you're, you're you wasting your time. what Leo said. Remember what Leo said. Oh, they don't even uh, listen to those things. Yeah, we only carry those things out like just to whatever, pay somebody something. I mean, it's it's, it's utter nonsense that they think that they can take us all for idiots. For me personally, this is a bigger picture, which is the tweet I came out with last night, which has just gone absolutely insane. It's the look, we don't give a damn, peasants. Because, no, you know, yeah, but that's because you're quoting me in the tweet as well. <laughs> give you a nice plug there now. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Thanks very much for that, Paul. Appreciate it. <laughs> but I mean, like, this is, like, uh, as I say in everything, at what point does this madness stop? So, a classic example now was, is, is the Pride Month and, and the big uh, invite that uh, Biden had over in oh, the White House. Stop. Brought in this trans activist who's a huge. Trans who decided to go topless in the White House lawn. 
And what did the White House do about two Nothing. Three hours later? Distance themselves. Well, they distance themselves straight away, going, we under no circumstances. And, and all of a sudden, hey, but here's the thing, right? And I was talking to this to Michael Walsh last night, who was a man who was at one stage offered a job as an advisor to Donald Trump, and he's also written many books in relation to American politics, right? But Michael was saying to me that what happened in the White House lawn on for Pride Month at the open, the start of Pride Month um, was despicable. It was disrespectful. Um, it was disrespectful to the American flag and to the White House. So for people who don't know, um, Joe Biden invited members of the LGBT community to join him for a garden party in the nice sunshine. It looked lovely, by the way. It looked like a nice day. They had a Pride flag hanging up in the White House uh, beside the American flag. The trans activists and her companions, uh, there was a couple, of, a couple of trans activists, decided they would strip and take their tops off and their boobs hanging out and all the rest. Anyway, if that was anybody else on any other day, the White House is the most watched place in the world. There's probably snipers in every corner. There's CIA men everywhere. But nobody went over and said, stop that or, or get out, get it. Because, yeah. because they would be afraid to do anything about it because it'd be all over social media. How dare they? So in other words, there seems to be alarmed to themselves. And it was despicable. It was disgusting. And the trans community should be ashamed of it. Not that they, they are responsible for that one person's individual's actions, but they should be ashamed of that kind of carry-on. And condemn no, that carry-on. But anyway, that's, that's a whole other argument. But here's the thing. You go online, give out about that person, say something nasty about that person, you're the one under the legislation which could be prosecuted. Like there's, there's people listening in now, Niall, and they're going, lads, relax, relax. They've said if they're not going to do this, they're not going to do that. Mm, there's this very simple, perfect example right now of a poor, unfortunate guard who was doing their job and is now being brought up in court because they chased criminals. And the, the answer is very simple, but it's the law. So if this gets passed and if this is put in, the argument is going to be very simply put, Sorry, look, we said we'd never go down this route, and we said, but unfortunately, look, it is actually the law, so, so, so we have to follow through on this. And how much court time are we going to bog down with this absolute nonsense? Okay, we'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay there. Let me just bring Karen in as well. Sorry, Karen, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Bottom Podcast. I'm good, Nile. How are you? Good. Karen, uh, are you familiar with the legislation? I'm not really familiar with it, no. Okay, um, just what you hear on the radio. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but... You know, we're living in a society now of, you know, this generation of wokeness. You can't say anything. You can't do anything. You sneeze and everyone's offended. And it's just like that. so many people have said already, where does it stop? When does it stop? When you're behind you know, bars, probably. <laughs> yeah, but even, even at that, like, you cannot say or do anything. Everyone's offended. Everyone's out to get everybody. You know, it, it's it's just gone ridiculous, and there's no end in sight to it. My, my, know, well, I, my, by the way, I have to say, even, and I'll say this to both of yourself, Paul, if this legislation is passed, which it will be, by the way, unless, of course, ministers are allowed to vote privately, this will be passed, uh, because all the political parties are supporting it. The Green Party, Sinn Féin, and by the way, remember this in the next election, they're all supporting it. The only ones not supporting it, by the way, are people for profit, but that's for different reasons. And some independents, and you've, you, you probably know at this stage who all the independents are. The main ones being Michael McDool, Senator Michael McDool, uh, Sharon Keoghan, Aintu's Patter Tobin, and you heard Senator Ronan Mullen there a few minutes ago. But the thing, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, <laughs> the thing about it is, this legislation will be passed, but somebody may take a Supreme Court uh, action against it, or, or an appeal against it, because the European Court of Human Rights 
says that you do have the right to shock, offend, and upset. So I, I think somebody will take an action against it. But Karen, I, do you one believe... One question, Niall. Well, sorry, yeah. Go ahead. One, one question. Have the government really thought this through? Because if Leo no. Varadkar <laughs> tells me that I must support a transgender ideology which in my mind goes against biological facts... And you're entitled to hold that, that means, view at the moment. Can, can, I, can I go after the current Taoiseach of this country and say you're inciting hatred by making me say that I must support an ideology. Well it, well, it seem, well, it seems offence and hatred only goes in one direction. Well, uh, that's, that's, so that's the point. So well, yeah, but I, it's I, wrong. I think, the, I think the politicians should also bear in mind, you know, be careful what you wish for. They're actually leaving themselves wide open as well to be jailed for inciting hatred. Against, well, they constantly incite hatred against people who they disagree with by referring to people as right wing. Sorry, Karen, just getting back to, to what we were talking yeah. about earlier. The idea, for example, that a guard can walk into your house with an order and say, I want to look on all your laptops, all your computer, because we suspect you may have material which could be deemed as hatred. Mm. What I mean, a waste of guard of time. Well, Unless there's a direct threat to life, which, you know, that's already there. But as, like, the, the clip you pay, played earlier of that gentleman. Um, Michael Schellenberger. Where was I going with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like he said, we're not living in a world where, you know, life is threatened. You know, and, and as well, we're, we're not that we're giving in to all these minorities, but... We're such we're so much more accommodating now and accepting of people and and you know these minorities they want more and they want more and they want more and slowly they're silencing the rest of us who have an opinion who are entitled to an opinion but we're not allowed to have an opinion anymore you know no. we've accepted everyone for who they are and now we've been silenced. Well, we do so live in a world, and Michael Schellenberger is right, and people will disagree with that to some degree because they'll talk about social media, but we do live in a world where there's a lot more tolerance uh, compared to many, many years ago. Yeah. The difference is is that we hear, even though there's less of it, we hear more of it because there's so much social media, but there actually is more tolerance nowadays. And he gave a great example, by the way, of 50 years ago in the United States, only 5% of people agreed with interracial marriages. Now 95% of the people are accept, yeah, are accept mean, interracial good. marriages. That's incredible. I yeah. mean, there it is there. Like, you know, I have opinions about things. I have things that I don't agree with. And I wouldn't put it on social media. And there's certain people I wouldn't talk about, you know, you know, things that I don't disagree with because of the backlash you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, the backlash alone, it's just not worth the headache. Um, you know. But, the, but the difference is you won't get cancelled. And I don't mean that in a bad way towards you, Karen. Yeah. So you're not going to cancel. Yeah. But there are people no, who no. are in p- positions who have a platform, be it on radio or yeah. television or, or media newspapers. They're afraid to say anything because if they say yeah. the wrong thing in one direction only, um, they'll lose their jobs. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, that, and that's the fear, just, isn't it? It's just gone ridiculous. And I think we're bound down to so many minorities now. And it's just, just not okay. And I'm sick and tired of it. Um, it's just ridiculous. Okay, thank you for that, Karen. Let me go to Wayne as well. Wayne, how you doing? You're on the Live Boiling Podcast. Thanks very much, now. Uh, nice to talk to you, Wayne. Uh, Wayne, I, I'm struggling to find, I'll give priority, by the way, uh, calls today to anybody who actually agrees with this legislation, and yet the minister last night believes that everybody agrees with it. She believes it's getting support from all political quarters and the public. Well, it shows the disjointed nature of the modern politician. They have no mandate to take this action. 
nobody voted in this current government under the guise of applying nebulous and subjective terminology like hate speech. There's no universal definition for it. There's no universal application in countries that already have this ridiculous legislation. There is a uniform problem with subjectivity with a lot of this legislation, and they haven't done anything to tighten it up. Like I've, as many people have, have opposed this from the get-go, but they haven't done a good job of even dressing this up with the veneer of thought. And there's a huge issue with consultation. The people have pushed back. Every single poll shows people are against this. This is once again the EU is driving the ship of legislation. Well, she, that's what she said. It was it. Well, she said. Now, in fairness to the criminality and the criminal aspect of it, uh, the incitement to violence is an EU directive. And by the way, I don't think anybody has a problem with inciting violence. And when I say not anyone's a problem, we should all condemn that. Nobody should incite violence towards anybody, be it an individual or a group. Absolutely, and that's why we need to find definitions to make sure that people can... But we all know what violence is. It's a criminal act anyway. Sure, violence is already a criminal act. So we all know what violence is. It's the hatred that people have an issue with. And going back again to the amendments that were suggested for the legislation, and I have them here, and, you know, to say that hate, inverted commas, includes bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility and bigotry. I mean, I do those things every single day towards different people. It depends if I agree with them or not. That waters down the term hate, doesn't it? That's not what hate means. Hate is supposed to be a profound dislike, a revulsion of sorts. Again, it's subjective. They need to be able to put this down quite explicitly on what it is, but then they know that they can't. So they're continuing to push this idea that only bad people will oppose this. The idea that hate speech is not free speech, whereas I would take the opposite tact of all speech should be encompassed. Wasn't Once it doesn't incite violence, once it isn't a physical threat, we already have that legislation in place. So this is superfluous for what they're claiming. This just seems to be a purely threatening and punitive way to compare. Well, well, listen, this is the worst part about it. And Ronan spoke about that and so did Sharon Kyogen when I spoke to her some time ago. And Michael Schellenberger actually mentioned the same thing as well. That even if you only prosecuted a few people in the extreme, it's enough. The legislation itself, without the definition and leaving it to a judge to decide, is enough to make people think twice about what they might post online or what they might say, or what posters they might carry to a protest, or, which is wrong. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not encouraging people to bring hateful stuff with them. It's wrong. But in saying that, we should be allowed to have robust debate without having to wonder, if I say this, am I going to go to jail? Exactly. And Irish people are not a hateful people. There will always be small pockets of people who do. But widely, our society is not accepting or tolerant of hatred. We're a very welcoming society for the most part. And a lot of this legislation reads like a fishing expedition, like you said, to threaten and compel people's behavior. And it worries me that people can just walk in, take devices. And some of the wording lets me believe that this is open to interpretation with regard to network access, as in, I have a network of people I communicate with. Are they at risk of the same legislative interference? Can Gardy go to their homes after mine? It's very openly worded with their terms, which references computer at a place. It has an open wording whereby... Me, as being a network technician, I could say, well, that would leave it quite open to going on a fishing expedition of anybody I've communicated with. Mm-hmm. And again, it's ill-defined, and it does posit that level of fear in individuals. And the, other, the idea as well that if you don't cooperate, if a guard suspects that you may be in possession of hateful material and enters your home and you don't cooperate, as James said earlier on over his dead body, will he give him a pin number? He'll go to jail for a year. As a year jail sentence for not giving over your passwords or PIN numbers. And there's also the question that I haven't answered with regard to many people work from home now. They operate on a business laptop or workspace. So what happens in that particular instance? 
Are you supposed to give over property of a different company? Are you supposed to give them access to possibly your company records? Where is the line drawn with these? I know and, and, and indeed, if they take your equipment and you can't work for three weeks while they have it and then give it back to you and say, oh, we didn't find anything, and they give it back to you again, are you going to get compensated for the loss of earnings? Are you going to get compensated for damage to your reputation because all your workmates will know exactly what happened and so will your neighbours? So, I mean, I just think the whole thing just seems bonkers. Don't get me wrong, the guards, if the guards have a, you know, a search warrant for your house to look for illicit drugs or weapons or, or whatever it is or they suspect you've committed a serious crime, I have no issue with that whatsoever. But a warrant to go in and look at your computer because somebody might have sent you something that might be hateful, to me, that just sounds completely over the top. It's Orwellian and totalitarian. Absolutely. And authoritarian in its in its guise, I mean, this idea of protected characteristics is another huge bone of contention because it feels like a mix of the modern cultural Marxist with critical race theory. But it's, it's, it's not just it's not just protective characteristics because it says here, um, let me say, a distinction against a person or a group of persons in the state or elsewhere on account of their membership or presumed membership of a group defined by reference of protected characteristics. So even if they're not in the protected characteristics, if they can prove that you presumed they were... They were like just a mace of the protected characteristics. You can still be done. That kind of covers everybody, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it speaks to the wider context of what they value. They value your identity, something that's arbitrary, something that you don't really control. A lot of people simply inherit characteristics. That's not a good way to do law, and it's certainly not a good way for a cohesive society to operate. I thought we were supposed to be truly progressive and beyond looking at these characteristics as important. They're I mean, kind of dragging. I mean, we, we don't. I mean, why don't we all get in there as a characteristic? I have a characteristic. I'm a man. Um, mm. So, so why can't I be in there as a characteristic? So, if somebody puts up online, "All men should die," or "All men are bastards," or whatever it is, I should be able to take them to court. <laughs> if if you want to put them all in there, I mean, why why is there only some people are protected and others others are not? Anyway, listen, Wayne, it's been nice talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. I need to go to Frank. Uh, oh, actually, no, I have to go to Melissa first. Sorry, I have to do these in order, otherwise I get into trouble. Melissa, hi. How are you? Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, Welcome to the Now Boiling Podcast. What do you want to say, Melissa? First of all, I, I want to say I watched the whole space yesterday evening and I want to... Oh, this is on the Rockchist TV, was it? Oh, we've lost that. I just have to... Sorry, I, uh, I'm going to have to get... Uh, if you hang on a second, I'm going to have to get Melissa, Frank and Alan back very quickly if I can because I just have to reset those phone lines. I do apologise. This is a slight technical issue we're having today just with the phone lines. So I do apologise to everyone on the phone. All right. If not, we shall have to end it there, but I don't think so. Hopefully, now that we get them back in. Sorry, if we can get Melissa back first, that'd be great. And I get Alan and Frank back, and we just have to leave it at that because we're running out of time rapidly today. If you want to have your view at any stage, by the way, don't forget, you can, if you want, to WhatsApp or you can text on 085. That's 085 100 That's 085 100 And at any stage, of course, you can text or WhatsApp us. Now, hopefully I have Melissa back there. Melissa, sorry about that. I do apologise. No problem. Um, just want to say I watched, as I said, the debate and saw the attacks. Everyone used that time of debate to attack those that hadn't even stood up yet. That's right. Make any kind of amendments. And it was actually... It was hard watching and listening to um, Sharon Kill, who I was really looking forward to listening to. Was given a minute, thank God, to be next. Yeah, she wasn't given very much um, time, unfortunately. No, no, but she, they were all attacked before they got up, you know. And you know that to me was inciting to hate in itself. I want to speak from my own experience. I've been just, just move. Can you move upstairs in your house or something, Melissa? Because your line is um, just a little bit dodgy. Oh, I think no. Is that better? Yeah, that's a little bit better. Go ahead. Yeah. Perfect. So I just want to come in there on, and, and I had read the legislation in depth um, 
I would have been out on and spoke publicly since 2019 on the freedom of speech. And I'd be one of those far right persons going to... Oh, that's how you'll be described. That's how you'll be described. That's how I would be described. Yes, Mm. I'm far from it, actually. I I remember having to ask someone at a rally, what is far right? Does Mm. he know what they're talking about? To be honest about it. And we've discussed this before. So basically, in I, I have major issue with the taking your, you know, the section two there of the bill. I, as a public rep, and had left a political party in 2016, um, would have had my Facebook hacked and pornography put on 20 minutes before Shane Finn came to my door with the, the white envelope, you're expelled. Um, so I have a big issue that hasn't been discussed here. I, when they can come and take your phones and like like that I work from home I'm a voluntary worker I have all my emails on my phone mm-hmm. everything my laptop all the work I do I would have information from people in the community is this not a big breach of GTPR when they take your phone well, not, well, no, well the Garda Sheikhana have an exception in relation to GDPR. the Garda Sheikhana have an exception now they can keep your information I think, on the pull system for up to six months as long as it's part of an ongoing investigation. So the Garda Sheikhan are exempt from GDPR. I I don't, are they, really? I I, I would imagine so when it comes to investigating crime. They'd have to be. To be quite honest, the guards don't know. I don't know. I think think with respect, Melissa, when it comes to investigating any crime, I don't know, maybe a guard will correct me here, but you can if you want to, 085 100 But I think uh, they can keep your information on the pull system for six months and and they can keep it for longer as long as it's part of an ongoing investigation. But if someone sends me something, which they do all the time, I've yeah. heightened that eight years of harassment that has got into incitement here. I'm sorry to hear that, There's yeah. four yeah. court cases going on. I've been knocked unconscious. I've had my house attacked, my physical attack. But the, but no, the point, and I, I, I'm conscious I need to get to Alan and John very quickly before the show ends, but if somebody sends something to your phone that's considered to be hateful and you never pass it yes. on or never use and it... I haven't even opened it. No, still you're still in possession of it. Yeah, well, then you're still in possession of it. And, and according to the law, you could be charged. From, yeah, so anyone out there from this Ireland who gets fascism who Excitement uh, to hate towards me and my family over okay. a number I, I can't get into a personal situation if you're if you're in court with it currently at the moment and I understand what you're going through Melissa it must be awful yeah. Um, yeah it's absolutely a living hell I, 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 can, I can only imagine I'm sorry your line is really really bad I do apologise Melissa wherever you are and I'd love to talk to you again sometime maybe a little bit more detail about what happened to you and your and your experience let me just go to Alan if I can Alan how are you doing you're on the Nile Boiling Podcast Right, Niall, how's everything going? How good, you? good, Alan. Uh, Alan, uh, this legislation, are you familiar? Did you read it? Have a look at it? Yeah, and I, I, I had a look through it, and I, I believe it's going to be used to, to politically please people to defend vices that the government's team, I guess, to, to challenging to, to whatever narrative you're trying to push through. Uh, I, I, I actually have a very good quote here from uh, Chus Mirlu, and it says, He who dictates and formulates the words and phrases we use he who is master of the press and radio is master of the minds. Repeat mechanically your assumptions your, and suggestions to diminish the opportunity for communicating sentiment and opposition. This is the formulation uh, or formula for political and conditioning of the mass. And like, I, I think that quote is very relevant, like, especially during, during the lockdowns as well. Like to, it, to, it almost to, describes indoctrination, by the way. That's, you know, that's, that's what it describes, indoctrination. In other words... You, we tell you how you should think, and we tell you what opinions you should form. And and and, and that's exactly it. And if if you look at who who's lobbying this, 
Like it's his 160 TDs and then he's his group of NGOs and an awful lot of those uh, so-called anti-racist NGOs like put it set up in the past 10 years. So like these are very new like specific groups that are that have been established in the country specifically mm-hmm. to go after people uh, who may have uh, points of view against the direct, direct vision centres or against asylum seekers coming into the country because like this is only a very recent issue. It's only very recently that we've really started having a big influx of people coming into the country really mm. since twenty. Yeah, the debate has really only started in the last year or so, the last two years anyway. Yeah. It's essentially so 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 all they're trying to do is is kill the is kill the actual debate before it's actually really allowed us to do true. Oh, well I don't think it's just that debate. I think there's other another few debates as well they want to stop. Because as we know, most of the NGOs are the ones who are, are submitting, are making submissions in relation to this particular piece of legislation. Uh, going back uh, some years ago when Helen McAtee first drafted up, I think in 2021. Uh, and many of the NGOs would have been from the LGBTQ community and also um, against reaction against racism and all those other uh, NGOs that are out there as well. So they would have been all p- putting in submissions to this piece of legislation. See, see that the one thing I find hilarious though it's it's the same people who were calling us Nazis and racists during the lockdowns. They're the same people who were calling us Nazis and racists against against uh, like sex education. Oh, when, when you're you're a right wing, you're a right wing. That's what you're, if you don't agree with this legislation, you're just right wing. That's that's the and, that's the bottom line, isn't it? That's what we're told anyway. Like and all all, all, all the government is, is doing by by introducing these, these hate crime laws is it's reinforcing and and strengthening those groups to continue to. Just pick out like you, whoever they want. Like you, you're, you're this, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a far right, you're a Nazi, you're like whatever. Yeah, stick a label on you, some sort of label. Yeah, tariff or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I did see. Actually, there was a protest recently in Dublin uh, and in Belfast uh, in relation to transgender people and 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 transphobes as well. Uh, and uh, you know, there was somebody carried a poster. Actually, I did see the poster, and they would be considered left wing. And on the poster, it says, "All turfs should die." You know, yeah. and and that's essentially saying that anybody who disagrees with transgender or the transgender community or has issues around sports and you know uh, biological men competing in women's sports, you should die. But but I can guarantee you, no, you know, you're not going to see Helen McEntee mention that one in the in the debate. No, no, but see, see, and and that shows you how how intolerant that that the sides that they're actually up against. No, they they literally have no margin of of of, of differentiation of, of opinion or view. So so if if you don't agree with them 100%. Like, you're automatically their enemy, like, you know what I mean? Absol- absolutely. Let me go to finally just John on this. Thank you very much indeed for that, Alan. John, how are you doing? Finally, you're on the Nyboiling podcast. Uh, come on, Niall. Uh, yeah, well, I tell you, look, I suppose I just have a slightly different perspective in terms of uh, I'm, a, I'm a minister of the gospel, pastor of church, and so I'm... Uh, oh, that's right. I remember, uh, I remember probably, speaking to you before, John. Nice guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably, you know, certainly uh, some, some of the... The, the views that uh, say Bible believing Christians would have wouldn't be necessarily politically correct regarding gender, sexuality, etc. But uh, you know, I think in a, a, I suppose the government are constantly talking about an inclusive society, etc. But um, it seems so many of these things end up being exclusive, and I think this hate speech bill is just going to end up, um, you know, buttressing that that type of mentality whereby only certain individuals are allowed to have an opinion, and mm. I don't think that's healthy for. For any society, because, you know, I have no problem with anybody who wants to disagree with what I believe in terms of, you know, they're just simply being male or female, etc. Um, certainly, I'm, I have a major problem with the fact that transgender ideology is going to be taught in the schools to our children as fact, something that's 
clearly not scientific fact. And, but, and, there, um, and just to balance it, there are people who might agree with that, and that's just their choice. Yeah, too. of course. I mean, and that's you but, know, but, but you know, should be allowed to argue the point. But unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, unfortunately, you might be considered to be hateful if you do try to argue the point. I mean, yeah, can I ask I, you, by I, the way, as a pastor, and I mentioned this to Ronan Mullen earlier on, because I don't want to call you a hypocrite, but I could be forced to in a second. How did you vote in yeah. the referendum, of, uh, the blasphemy referendum? Uh, I, I didn't vote for abortion, certainly. I, I mean, no, the, blas- the, blas- the, re- the referendum against blasphemy. How did you vote in that one? Do you remember? Uh, blasphemy. The blasphemy uh, legislation that we uh, removed from the Irish Constitution about six years ago. Um, there was a referendum in this country. Uh, okay, but do, yes. uh, it's, it's easier to ask. Did you agree with blasphemy laws? Um, uh, uh, well, again, this is where you... If, no, 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 I'm, a, no, I'm asking the question for a reason. No, I, it is a reasonable question. But I, I suppose the, the challenge I see with having blasphemy laws is, you know, you have... A lot of Christians are put to death in Islamic countries because people take... No, I'm talking about like Ireland. That. I'm talking about the Western world. I'm talking about Ireland. Leave other countries aside because Pakistan were quite proud of our blasphemy laws at one stage. They were so good. We had 25,000 euro fine, six months in jail. So I, I'm asking you, in Ireland, do you believe we should have blasphemy laws? No. Okay, well, no, that, I, well I, I'm, and I'm glad you said that because I would have called you a hypocrite yeah. if you didn't because yeah. essentially yeah. what we're doing now, I believe, is we got rid of one set of blasphemy laws which entitles me to go on the radio and say I don't believe in God and I think it's all made up. And by the way, people can disagree with that. I have no disrespect yeah. for people's religious belief, by the way. I respect your religious belief. I just don't have to respect your religion. But in yeah. saying that, we got rid of one set of blasphemy laws and I think we're just replacing them with another set, protecting another Characteristic. Yeah, well, I think a number of years ago, Helen, Mac- I think it was Helen McAtee said it, um, that you know they, they wanted to have a law with teeth, and I, I think there was something rather sinister in that statement, and that it was, you know, and, and I don't want to be inferring something, you know, any wrong motive in somebody, but just, just this idea of having a law with teeth with regards to, you know, to punish people who have the wrong opinions, and I think that's a very dangerous yeah. direction for any society to go to. I mean, I have a lot of friends, say, from uh, Romania, Poland, etc., and, you know, they would have lived, any, anybody over 50 would have lived in, you know, under a totalitarian government and, um, uh, you know, where, where uh, people were punished and, uh, and, and where your prospects were um, very, very limited if you didn't hold the, the correct opinions. I mean, even you see even to this very day in China where even rich and influential people disappear if they, mm-hmm. you know, give, criticize the government. And I think... Um, you know, it's just it's it's just a very dangerous direction, particularly when they got this. Well, very we see, vague... well, we, well, we seem to be heading in that direction because everything that we're seeing lately seems to be constantly removing our rights, the rights that men and women fought in Ireland and many other countries around the world fought for those rights for us to be able to hold a view, a view that may, in some occasions, to some people, be believed to be offensive or hateful, uh, and and people should try their best not to be hateful towards others. But in saying that. You know, you should be able to hold a view without it being criminalised. Yeah, well, I think that's the thing. Look, for certainly for me as a Christian, for the last 2,000 years, we believed sex is binary. And, uh, you know, if you go back to the Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. foundation, I suppose... And, and you're entitled to that view. Further yeah, and, and by the way, you're, you're absolutely entitled to that view. There's loads of people listening who might not agree with you. They think it's interchangeable and all that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily buy into that either. So, But, but yeah. they, they believe that, and they're entitled to their view too. But I would hate to see a society, John, where you're not allowed to hold that view anymore, because if you make that public, 
and somebody disagrees and said, listen, I'm non-binary, I'm offended by what John just said, and he's inferring hatred against my community of non-binary people. I, I want him charged. That's the that's yeah. the road we're heading down. John, listen, thank you, Alan, thank you. Everybody else got involved in the show. Thank you very much indeed. I appreciate everybody coming on the show today uh, and taking part. Um, I had so many, by the way, we couldn't get through everybody. I do apologize to people who wanted to get on and couldn't get on. Don't forget, by the way, you can catch the whole show again if you want to listen back to it. It will be available for download on our website, nileboylan.com, or on Spotify and all the usual places you can listen to it. If you want to watch it again, you can go to the website. We will, we will upload it. And also, by the way, if you want to watch it straight away in about 20 minutes' time, it'll be on Twitter. So we do delete the live stream straight after the show. It'll be on Twitter but only for subscription. All right, if you want to watch it again. We will never charge you, by the way. People are going, ah, yeah, you're starting to charge us now. No, we won't ever charge you for watching the show live. We will always stream the show live. It's in our interest to do that too because we want to get callers onto the show. So it's in our interest to stream it live on Facebook and on Twitter and many other places as well. But as soon as it's over, we take down the stream. It'll go up. If you're on Twitter now, there's a button up there that says follow or subscribe. Uh, if you click the follow button, it'll then say subscribe. Please help us and subscribe. And all it does is ask you for the price of a pint once a month. And in the sub- 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 subscription section, you'll be able to watch it live or you'll be able to repeat it at any stage whatsoever. Some of the texts, by the way, uh, that we have in WhatsApps, Langball on Twitter says, will this apply to social media companies? with the uh, data centres in Ireland as their servers are bound to contain hate media. Well, I, I hope not, is the answer. I mean, look, social media companies have to be conscious of what they're allowing and what they're not allowing. But I would hate to think we start going through them with a fine tooth comb. Joanna says, by the way, uh, GDPR was a scam. Went out the window during COVID times when people had to disclose private information to access most parts of society. I completely agree with you, by the way, Joanna. You are right. We kind of just ignored the rules, didn't we? Pat on Facebook says, so I can just buy a SIM and send someone I don't like things that will just get them into trouble. Essentially, probably, yes. Um, Some of the more comments uh, that are coming in online here. Without free speech, we have no democratic society, says Gladys O'Neill. On hate speech, I am one of the so-called protected species. But what, and this has happened, another branch of the protected species has tried to cancel me. Who is the hateful one? It's pure nuts. Uh, somebody else says, uh, we have different cultures in this country that act differently. People have gone, have got too touchy. Uh, they personalize everything. Another person says, brains are like sponges absorbing everything going on around them. I say, live and let live, be yourself, and never be fearful of giving your opinion. Hate speech means different for many different reasons, says Sarah and Doc. I'm assuming she means different things for many different reasons. Maureen says, I won't be shutting up. I intend to carry on saying what I like. This bill is pure evil. Offence is taken, not given. So tough. There you go. If you've any comments to make, by the way, at any stage during the day or a topic you want us to bring up in the show or something you want to talk about or you want to come on the air and talk to us, you can. 85 100 Just send us a WhatsApp. We see them all the time. 85 100 And don't forget, please, subscribe. Go to the subscribe button on Twitter and subscribe so you can watch bits and pieces that we won't be putting up publicly, by the way, very soon. Uh, there'll be longer interviews, etc., etc. And also, you can watch the show on repeat. You can watch it uh, without having to go anywhere else first on the subscribe button, the subscribe section. Also, if you go to the website, you can subscribe there as well and you get exactly the same treatment, all right? And it's only a fiver. As I said, it's the price of a pint, price of a cup of coffee. You'll do us all a favour and help us to continue performing and producing a great show every single day. Thank you very much indeed. I'll talk to you again tomorrow at 12 o'clock. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. 
Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.